Lord, we want to come to you with praise and thanks for blessing us with the season two of the Bible Study Guide podcast. Uh, we ask that you accept the words of our mouths and our mind and our heart. Guide us through your word, Lord, so that we can correctly uh, provide your direction through these words. In Jesus' name, praise him. Amen praise and him, amen Jesus. and amen. Thank you, Lord. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bible Study Guide Podcast. This is your brother, Roderick Gray, and Brother Eddie coming to you live and direct. Brother Eddie. Yes, sir. We're going to give the people what they need. Yes. And Lord, we ask that you guide us through so that we can. Amen. He Once knows again. their needs. Once again. Yes. Brother Eddie, introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself to our audience and take it away. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is Pastor Eddie, honored once again to come before you deep into God's word. What uh, uh, Minister Rod and I have been going over in the last few weeks. We've been contemplating this 400 years of silence that occurred between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Heaven became silent. Not a word was spoken. And we got to thinking about that. That's generations and generations and generations of people that heard nothing from God. Yeah, there were no Imagine. ears to listen. There weren't no ears to listen. So There weren't. They weren't listening when there was a word. They ran off the prophets. They killed the prophets. They ignored the prophets. They chastised the prophets. Every message that God spoke, the people of Israel refused to hear. And they were in quite a situation you look at the world today mm -hmm. and how dark it is, how evil it is, uh, and it was the same thing. Yeah, well, we just took a hiatus. We took a hiatus from April till now. Yes. Was yeah. it April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November? Eight months. We had an eight-month hiatus from the last, from season one to now beginning in season two, from April Praise to God. to uh, December. Thank Praise you, God. Jesus. We're still here. Oh wow! Because you know a lot has yes. happened. Yes, a lot has and happened. A lot has happened. Mm -hmm. We've been through a lot, mm -hmm. but we can really give God the glory because yeah. He brought us through each and every situation that uh, we had to face, and we mm -hmm. truly had to face them. But, you know, I thank God, Rod, because we did it with faith, and we're still here, and we're still doing his will. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Thank God for that. Mm -hmm. But uh, these people that God had chosen to be his own were just as evil and wretched and nasty and disobedient as they could possibly be. And it's almost, 
I don't want to go there and say that it is, mm-hmm. but I want to throw this out on the table to see if anybody will take a bite. It's almost like God said, okay, so you don't want to listen to me. Fine. Have it your way. Have it your way. Do what it is you want to do. Right. But let's let's go to the last word spoken. We're going to go to the book of Malachi. Mm-hmm. The last prophet to speak for heaven, mm-hmm. to speak for God to his people in a plea. Mm-hmm. Please come back. Please mm-hmm. turn from thy wicked ways. Mm-hmm. Please mm-hmm. repent and seek God. Mm-hmm. And so let's go and hear what Malachi has to say mm-hmm. and what happens afterwards. Amen. Hey, praise and, him. Thank you, Jesus. And get to the first word spoken. Uh, after this 400 period. Now think about it. I haven't heard a word from the Lord. Grandma hasn't heard a word from the Lord. Great, great grandma hasn't heard from the word, heard a word from the Lord. Great, great grandmother hasn't heard a word from the Lord. Great, great, great grandmother hasn't heard a word from the Lord. You could go to your great, great grandma and ask, when was the last time a word was heard from the Lord? And she would say, well, my mother didn't hear anything from the word, my, uh, from the Lord. My uh, 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 grandmother and great-grandmother and great-great-grandmother, I mean, this went on for generations. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven was silent. Yeah. But I have a preface. Mm-hmm. As we go into uh, the book of Malachi, mm-hmm. And it starts off like this. This was written approximately 430 B.C. Malachi wrote it, mm-hmm. and it was to confront the people with their sins and to restore their relationship with God. All right? Mm-hmm. That was the purpose. Amen? Awesome. A vast A vase shatters, mm-hmm. brushed by a careless elbow. A toy breaks, handled roughly by young fingers. Fabric rips, pulled by strong and angry hands. Spills and rips take time to clean up, effort to repair, and money to replace. But far more costly are shattered relationships. Unfaithfulness, untruth, hateful words, and forsaken vows tear delicate personal bonds and inflict wounds not easily healed. Most tragic, however, is a broken relationship with God. Mm -hmm. God loves perfectly and completely. Mm -hmm. And his love is a love of action, giving, guiding, and guarding. He is altogether faithful, true to his promises, to his chosen people. But consistently, they spurn their loving God, breaking the covenant, following other gods, and living for themselves. So their relationship with God is shattered. Mm. But this breach is not irreparable. All hope is not lost. God can heal and mend and reweave the fabric. Forgiveness is available, and that, Brother Rod, is grace. Praise him. Thank you, Jesus.
This is the message of Malachi, God's prophet in Jerusalem. His words reminded the Jews, God's chosen nation, of their willful disobedience, beginning with the priests, and then including every person. They had shown contempt for God's name, offered defiled sacrifices, led others into sin, broken God's laws, called evil good, kept God's tithes and offerings for themselves, and had become arrogant. Their relationship was broken, and judgment and punishment would be theirs. In the midst of this wickedness, however, a few, a faithful few, the remnant still loved and honored God. God would shower his blessings upon these men and women. Malachi paints a stunning picture of Israel's unfaithfulness that clearly shows the people to be worthy of punishment. But woven throughout this message is hope, the possibility of forgiveness. This is beautifully expressed in Malachi 4 and 2. And uh, I quote, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. Malachi concludes with a promise of the coming of the prophet Elijah, who will offer God's forgiveness to all people through repentance and faith. The book of Malachi forms a bridge between the Old Testament and the New Testament. As you read Malachi, see yourself as the recipient of this word of God to his people. Evaluate the depth of your commitment, the sincerity of your worship, and the direction of your life. Then allow God's word, allow God to restore your relationship with him through his love Praise God. and forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Sounds like that's in the spirit of uh, our, our fellowship in Matthew 18 and 20, where two or more are gathered together in my name. Jesus, you say, I am in the midst. He's in that in midst. In the midst. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Ooh. And he knows our situations. Man. He knows our issues. He knows what problems we face. He knows the trials, the tribulations that we have to go through, are going through, have gone through, will be going through. Yeah, he he knows us, it all. He brings us through it. But all he wants is to be in there with us. Mm -hmm. Don't do this on your own, child. Acknowledge him. Yeah. Let me help you with this. Mm -hmm. Let me go through it with you. Mm -hmm. And he will. He promised he would never leave or forsake us. No. But do we allow him to do so? Do we try everything we know to get out of a situation and then pray? Yeah, when acknowledge him. And, and, yeah, and that's Proverbs 3 and 6. six acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he will direct uh, your path. But, you know, it's yeah. all in the order of acknowledgement. When do we choose to acknowledge you, Lord? Do we choose to acknowledge you as Job, Job did? After we visit the two groups of people, 
and, right. and don't get the answers we're seeking from those two groups of people? Or do we right. seek you first and bypass first. the hearsay and the naysay? Right. Bypass right. the hearsay and the naysay and get to what he say. I love that. Thank That's you, Jesus. Good. You know what I'm saying? That's very Lord, good. Lord, yeah. <laughs> for them who have an ear to hear, oh, check, come on now. Check this out. Yeah. Listen going. and understand. Yeah, and Lord, that's what we're, we're, we're asking for, that conveyance of your Holy Spirit to go from the page through your reader to your interpreter to your listener, Lord. That's what we're asking. And Brother Eddie's getting ready to convey them words in the right shockwaves we call sound right now. Yes. Yes. This is Malachi chapter 1, verse 1. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. And Brother Eddie, Malachi was the last prophet in that 400-year period of silence from heaven to earth. Yes, he preceded it. Mm -hmm. It was his words mm -hmm. that ended any communication between God and his people. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Praise him. So we're listening to Amen. that. The last word that uh, was spoken from heaven for 400 years uh, in this very dark time, this very dark period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Amen? Praise Him. This is the message that the Lord gave to Israel through the prophet Malachi. And the name Malachi means my message. Amen? The Lord's love for Israel, it's subtitled, I have always loved you, says the Lord. Wow, now that's deep. He starts off in this last word with, I love you. You may not be loving me, but that doesn't stop me from loving you. See, how many times, you know? how many times have you blessed us in spite of us, Lord? I can say yeah. from a personal standpoint, many times. Many times. Many times. I I agree <laughs> many times and undeserved. I mean, my God, my God, thank, thank you, you for Jesus. your love. Mm -hmm. So verse two says, I have always loved you, says the Lord. But you retort, really? How have you loved us? And the Lord replies, this is how I showed my love for you. I loved your ancestor, Jacob. But I rejected his brother Esau and devastated his hill country. I turned Esau's inheritance into a desert for jackals. Esau's descendants in Edom may say, we have been shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins. But the Lord of Heaven's armies replies, they may try to rebuild, but I will demolish them again. Their country will be known as the land of wickedness, and their people will be called the people with whom the Lord is forever angry. When you see the destruction for yourselves, you will say, truly, the Lord's greatness reaches far beyond Israel's borders. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to go to 
a, a bit of study guide here for one in one where the Lord says, uh, uh, this is a message that the Lord gave to Israel through the prophet Malachi. And uh, it starts off, I was always, I have always loved you. Let me go to the study guide on that. Malachi, the last Old Testament prophet, preached after Haggai, Zechariah, and Nehemiah, about 430 BC. The temple had been rebuilt for almost a century, and the people were losing their enthusiasm for worship. Apathy and disillusionment had set in because the exciting messianic, because the exciting messianic prophecies of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Michael had not been fulfilled. Many of the sins that had brought the downfall of Jerusalem in 586 BC were still being practiced in Judah. Malachi confronted the hypocrites with their sins by portraying a graphic dialogue between the righteous God and his hardened people. God's first message through Malachi was, I have always loved you. Although this message applied specifically to Israel, it is a message of hope for all peoples in all times. Unfortunately, many people are cynical about God's love, using political and economic progress as a measure of success. Because the government was corrupt and the economy poor, the Israelites assumed that God didn't love them. They were wrong. God loves all people because he made them. However, his eternal rewards go only to those who are faithful to him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Verse verse 6. Mm. Unless you have, well, come on, Ron, Brother. you look like you bubbling over there. What you got? You got it. <laughs> I got you it. You got First it. This is on the page in front of you. The Lord of Heaven's army says to the priest, a son honors his father and a servant respects his master. If I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have shown contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Mm -hmm. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. When you give blind animals a sacrifice, isn't that wrong? Mm-hmm. And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? That ain't the best offering. That's not your best. You're supposed to be giving the Lord your best. That sounds like Cain's offering. Yeah. What is this that yeah. you're bringing yeah. and trying to appease me with? This is not what I asked for. No. That's not what you deserve, Lord. No. No, everything that we receive, Rob, comes from God. Mm -hmm. And it's good. Mm -hmm. It's a good gift. Mm -hmm. So why would we not give him back our best? Right. And 
doesn't necessarily have to be in a monetary value, but in our lives, comes from our service. Your intentions. Coming from the heart, baby. Are your intentions good? Are they pure and holy? Yeah. Or are you doing it to be recognized? Oh, are you doing it? Yeah. Like the, like the, 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 the whalers in the marketplace. Right. Right. I hundred dollars yeah. to church today. Wow. I'm on, I'm on, <laughs> that's going to secure me a spot because I, I gave more than you did. Uh-uh. He can't hear him. He can't see him. The, the offering's not acceptable because your heart ain't right. So he's not feeling you literally. He ain't I mean, feeling you. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a saying, that's a figure of speech in our language of today, but literally he's not feeling you. He's not feeling you. He even says, Continuing on in verse eight, he says, "Try giving gifts like that to your governor, <laughs> yeah, and see yeah. how pleased he is." Yeah, it won't accept him. Yep, says the Lord of Heaven's army. Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should He show you any favor at all? Ask the Lord of Heaven's army. How I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you. They won't do that. Says the Lord of Heaven's army. Yeah, they won't, Go ahead. They won't close the temple doors because that's their money making. Yeah. Yeah, that's hypocrites. Their, yeah, they won't. Hypocrites they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he says, and I could not, let me back up on that. How I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will not accept your offerings. But my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. Mm-hmm. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So look at this, Rob. Mm-hmm. There are people outside of his chosen people, the Gentiles, that are loving on the Lord, that are living for the Lord, that are being obedient to the Lord, yet his chosen nation refuses. Uses with attitude. Oh, there's that scripture Jesus says later on in Matthew: uh, a prophet is not uh, acknowledged in his own home, his own yes. countrymen. So, right there, you have it. So, so RWA today they got an NWA, but in their day they had an RWA. Okay. I forgot what they are, Mince, but it was with uh, uh, it was with attitude. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. Reverence with attitude. No, yeah. it was refusal with attitude. with attitude. Refusal with attitude. That's what it was. Refusal. <laughs> refusal with attitude. To obey God. A refusal to love God and have attitude. Refusal to honor God and have attitude. And indignant about the whole thing. Yeah, don't give me an attitude. Don't give me an uh-huh. attitude on top of that. But see, Lord, you're so gracious that you still bless us in spite of us. In spite of us. Come on now. That's the beauty and of grace. This, yeah. 
And this is about one of the darkest periods Ooh. in Earth's history, mm-hmm. except for maybe just before the flood, when he just said, you know what? I ain't taking this. No I more. created you. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't create me. I created you. Now watch this. I'll wipe all y'all out. Found me a family. Found me a family. Okay, no. Build me an ark. You know what I'm saying? But that's how hurt God was Mm -hmm. by our reaction to him. Our response to him was just horrible. Right. Living as if there was no God. Mm -hmm. Living for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And here we are right back into it Mm -hmm. in history. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, with the last prophet pleading, come on. There were a couple times. There were a couple times before that you had a lot in his family. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, where God just had to take action and intervene and say, "Okay, if you ain't gonna do this right, let me straighten things out for you. Let me show you Mm -hmm. how things ought be. Mm -hmm. Let me remind you with fire from heaven." Okay, coming down like sulfur and destroy God, uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah for their sins that have piled all the way up to heaven. Now that's that's a mighty that's a lot of sins. It's over, okay, over my head. Yeah. So let me show you what I think about your actions now, right? And let's see if we can't repair this relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So verse twelve says. But you dishonor my name with your actions. By bringing contemptible food, you are saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it's too hard to serve the Lord. And you turn up your noses at my commands, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Mm -hmm. Think of it. Animals that are stolen and crippled. And sick are being presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these? Ask the Lord. Now hold up, bro. The priests are allowing this. Yeah, from the top down. Because they're the one that accept the sacrifices from the people. Yeah, it's from the top down. You know, but let you, me you, let me go ahead. But you have to ask yourself: Would you accept? Would you be offended if somebody presented that to you? And right. expected you to to accept that from them. Yeah, you go home to your mama. You stole a lamb from your neighbor. And you say, Mama, look what I brought you to cook for dinner, didn't I? Now if a person but is she knows, huh? Now if a person is starving, they probably won't mind. They probably won't uh-huh. mind if they're starving. But see, God is entitled to everything because everything belongs to you, Lord. That's right. So You know, you're not, it's not like I'm losing my best when I give it to you because you gave it to me. Right. I'm just giving you back a piece of the best that you gave me because everything you gave me is your best. Yeah. With no pretense as to what I'm going to get in return. And you know, it's from personal uh, history and personal experience. You give your best, you get more, you get blessed and more abundance. That's right. That's right. It's what you do with that 10%, that tithe, that offering. Is it from the heart? And that's why he said, I love, I adore, I cherish the cheerful giver. That's the opening. That was the opening of this um, 
chapter was I love you. I love you. Even though you were wretched, I love you. So let, yeah. let me see what God is saying, and Jesus, you're saying, let me set the record straight. I love you. Right. So the hardship that you're going through isn't because I don't love you. Right. It, it's so that you will acknowledge why you're going through this and seek me in it. Right. Come back to me. Yeah. Repent of your yeah. sins. Come, Come back. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm available. Yeah. I love you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you why are you acting up? Why are you cutting up? In other words, why are you tripping? Why are you tripping? Why are you tripping? Okay. So verse 14 says, Cursed is the cheat who promises to give a fine ram from his flock but then sacrifices as defective one to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and my name is feared among the nations. That was chapter one. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Now, I'm going to go to the study guide for 1 and 13, which he says, uh, you say it's too hard to serve the Lord, and you turn up your noses at my command. Worship was too hard, according to these priests. Some people think that following God is supposed to make life more comfortable. They're looking for a God of convenience. The truth is that it takes commitment and hard work to live by God's high standards. We may have to face poverty or suffering, but if serving God is more important to us than anything else, what we give up is nothing. Compared to what we gain, eternal life Man, that's study with guy. God. That's clarity. That's study guy. That's clarity. That's clarity. Study guy preaching there. Study guy. It's the yeah. study guy podcast. You know what I'm saying? The that's Bible right. study guy podcast. That's that's giving clarity as to why you go as to. As to why. That's the fire right there. Yep. It's the fire of affliction. Now, I had just brought up with you that it's the priest that are accepting these offerings and bringing them into the temple to place them on the altar of God. From the top down. Yes. Now here comes the Lord talking to these priests in chapter 2. Listen, you priests, this command is for you. Listen to me and make up your mind to honor my name, says the Lord of heaven's army or I will bring a terrible curse against you. I will curse even the blessings you receive. Indeed, I've already cursed them because you have not taken my warning to heart. I will punish your descendants and splatter your faces with the manure from your festival sacrifices. And I will throw you in the manure pile. Okay, I, you and I have gone over that that picture. Maybe I'll leave that alone yeah, and let the Lord. Pig, <laughs> yeah. How's that pig poop tasting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Verse four. Then at last you will know it was I who sent you this warning, so that my covenant with the Levites with the Levites can continue, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace 
And that is what I gave them. Mm -hmm. This required reverence from them. Mm -hmm. And they greatly revered me and stood in awe of my name. They passed on to the people the truth of the instructions they received from me. Mm -hmm. They did not lie or cheat. They walked with me. Those are true. Living good. The Levites are the priests. Yes. The, the Levites are the priests. Priest, the priests. <laughs> they were the descendants mm-hmm. of Aaron. Mm-hmm. The priests. Yeah. By the time Jesus came on the scene, the priests were not picked from the Levites. They were chosen politically yeah. to be in favor and work with the Romans who had them enslaved. Mm-hmm. And so these were these were not from Aaron's descendants. Mm-hmm. So they had even left the order. So they defiled the order. Yes. yes. And this is what Jesus came into. Mm-hmm. So you think Malachi had it hard. Nothing changed. During those 400 years of silence, it only got worse. Mm -hmm. And this is what he came to minister in, In, a pile of manure mm -hmm. in God's sight. And corrected with the crucifixion and the resurrection. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So he said they passed on to the people the truth of the instructions that they received from me. They did not lie or cheat. They walked with me living good and righteous lives, and they turned many from lives of sin. The words of a priest's lips should preserve knowledge of God, and people should go to him for instruction, for the priest is a messenger of the Lord of heaven's armies. But you, priests, have left God's path. Your instructions have caused many to stumble into sin. You have corrupted the covenant I made with the Levites, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So I have made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all the people. For you have not obeyed me, but have shown favoritism in the way you carry out my instructions. Now these are reasons why there was, was quiet. You have to turn that off. There was sorry, reasons Ron. why that's reasons why there was silence for four hundred years. And here's the reason why I yeah. ain't, ain't been talking to y'all. Y'all ain't been acting right. Y'all ain't been acting right. You don't listen to my words. You don't listen to my word. You don't listen to my messengers. You want to do it your way. Right. Right. But my way works. Your way gonna put you in hell. Yeah, you're going to get in trouble doing it your way. Yes, and they are indeed in In trouble. trouble. Now there's not a priest who can bring a worthy sacrifice. No, ain't nothing. That's a dark place to be in as a nation. Oh, turning your back on. Yeah, when you can't go to the church and find God, Mm -hmm. you're in trouble. Yeah. As a people and as a priest. Who are you standing for? Mm-hmm. You can't feel him. He's not if feeling you. If you're not standing you. for God, who are you standing for? What you got that white robe on, standing up there all proud with your chest out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. acting all holier than thou, but yet it's not for God, and God <laughs> has reprimanded you. Right. And what did God say about your walk, your robe, mm-hmm. your worship? Here's what he said. He said, 
I will punish your descendants and splatter your faces with the manure from your festival sacrifices. In other words, I'm going to throw this mess that you're trying to give me back in, back your, face. in your face. Back in your face. And I will throw you in the manure pile. Now what your little white robe look like. How your tassels smell now? You look kind of dirty and you stinking too. And you stinking too. Well, that's the stench that's in my nostrils as you claim that you're worshiping me. No, no, you ain't worshiping me, but I know who your father is. <laughs> no, <laughs> verse ten. Okay, it's titled "The Sinful People." Subtitle: A Call to Faithfulness. Are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all created by the same God? Then why do we betray each other, violating the covenant? Of our ancestors, Judah has been unfaithful, and a detestable thing has been done in Israel and in Jerusalem. The men of Judah have defiled the Lord's beloved sanctuary by marrying women who worship idols. Mm. May the Lord cut off from the nation of Israel every last man who has done this and yet brings an offering to the Lord of heaven's army. So it wasn't because of their complexion. It was because of what they were doing. Yeah. Their actions. How they were living. Mm-hmm. And they knew better. Yeah. They knew better because they had God to work mm-hmm. for centuries. And they had prophets. Right. But what that they would say? speak to them when they got out of line to right. get them back in line. Right. When they broke a relationship, they would do everything they could to get them back into relationship right. with their loving God. Right. We don't want to do that. Amen. It's, it's too, amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's too hard too to hard. walk like that. I, I can't do that. I don't want to. Uh-uh. But, the, but what it boils down to is I don't want to do that. Yes. It's not that you can't right. do that, but you know what? You'll come yeah. around. You'll come around. It's all good. Yep. Have you seen them girls? It's hard. Mm-hmm. Now, the Lord said no, but mm, they're beautiful. Okay? They are beautiful. Okay, so the Lord says in verse 13, here's another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping, and groaning mm-hmm. because he pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out. Why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young. Mm-hmm. But you have been unfaithful to her. Mm-hmm. Though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? You have wearied him by saying that all who do evil are good Mm -hmm. in the Lord's sight. Mm -hmm. 
and he is pleased with them. You have wearied him by asking, where is the God of justice? And that was the end of chapter two. Now, I have a piece of study guide that I'd like to bring here uh, dealing with guarding your heart. Guarding your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth, means to have the same commitment to marriage that God has to his promises to his people. Mm -hmm. Our passion should be reserved exclusively for our spouse. God was tired of the way people had cynically twisted his truth. He would punish those who insisted that because God was silent, he approved their actions or at least would never punish them. God would also punish those who professed a counterfeit faith while acting sinfully. So they were doing a lot of what was is occurring today. They were twisting God's word. They were pre- they, they they were preaching a false truth. Mm-hmm. They were even going to the point where they were saying that those who were evil were actually good and living for God. Yeah, there's that saying: history repeats itself. Amen. Chapter three, <laughs> verse one. Look. I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So now we've gone from... Malachi expressing God's displeasure in their actions and lifestyles mm-hmm. and rebellion mm-hmm. to, hey, I can fix this. Right. I can fix this. Right. There's going to be a man, and he will be my messenger mm-hmm. in the wilderness, and he will give a shout. Right. And he will have a message to bring you back. And in my heart, I'm seeing John the Baptist. Amen. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Verse two, but who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? Now they're talking about Jesus. Mm -hmm. For he will be like a blazing fire Mm -hmm. that refines metal or a strong soap that bleaches clothes. Mm -hmm. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the Mm dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Then once more, the Lord will accept the offerings Mm -hmm. brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem as he did in the past. And if you look at, if we examine Jesus, your popularity in that time, it spread like wildfire. It sure did. Mm -hmm. Crowds Mm -hmm. came from Mm -hmm. Everyone. And then if you, you examine the miracles, uh, healing the blind and healing the lepers, that's like washing a person clean. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Forgiving their sins, mm-hmm. which the Pharisees and Sadducees were indignant. <laughs> no, because <laughs> they exploited that for their own little racketeering. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we got a sin tax up. Yeah, this is gonna cost you this much. But but it was yep. permissible for you to use the temple uh prostitute. Yeah. But then yeah. it wasn't it was also permissible for you not to pay this woman. Right, right. Uh, why you see the contradiction? Oh yeah. Yeah. As evil a time as Malachi was ministering in was as evil a time as Jesus came on the scene. Wow. And the entire 400-year period in between have been silent. Right. So before between I get, Malachi and uh, uh, John the Baptist. Right. Yeah. So before God mm-hmm. gets tired, completely tired, I'm going to fix it. He's saying, I'm going to fix it because I don't want to have to wipe you all out. Right. Right. But he yeah. will. <laughs> but, yeah. And he has the capacity, too. Yep. You're going to beg for a word from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I remember in my walk, before I had fully given my heart to Christ, as I was suffering with drug addiction, trying to quit, trying to live a life, but needed deliverance so much. I remember so badly needing, needing to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I remember Pastor Hubbard, she would speak those words from the Lord, and they were so inspiring, they were so encouraging that even though I have issues I can't fix, Jesus can. Right. And that deliverance was available. And as I'm pleading and begging for deliverance from a lifestyle I can't fix, you know, the prophets in her church would speak. And it was like they would speak to everybody but me. And she had that song, Speak Lord. Speak, speak to Lord. me. Dun, dun, that was dun, dun, it. Uh-uh. Speak, speak to me. To me. Oh, God. I want it so Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. I remember. You were there, Speak to me. I mean, Ron. Speak to me. Sometimes people not might not understand the importance of a word, but when the prophet in the church speaks to everyone else but you, <laughs> and you sitting up there in the church, <laughs> and you saying, Lord, I ain't here. Something's wrong. Why they you ain't talking to me? me? And some days, he would only speak to one man. You know who the man was. I'm not going to mention him. But all this prophet could speak was to this one man. Now, you got 50 people sitting up here in this church, but every Sunday, the word from the Lord only goes to this man? But the purpose is take the focus off yourself. Yeah. That's the trick. Know. That's the trick. Yeah. I was just a baby. Right. Take I was the just focus. a baby then, take, undelivered. Right. Take the focus off of your affliction and place it uh-huh. on Jesus, the remedy. Yeah. And yeah. then... The remedy comes, and you don't even remember the affliction no more. I know. It's gone. Yeah. White clean. Yeah, so you're focused. White as snow. Yeah, you're focused. Yeah. That's what he's talking about here when he said that he would, uh, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. Mm-hmm. A washed, mm-hmm. white as snow. 
Clean them all on up. Everything. My God, my God. Clean them all so up. Verse, verse 5 says, at that time, I will put you on trial. I am eager to witness against all sorcerers and adulterers and liars. I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages, who impress widows and orphans, or who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. For these people do not fear me, says the Lord mm -hmm. of heaven's army. Contempt. Contempt. Mm -hmm. I am the Lord, and I do not change. Mm -hmm. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Because he's I thought of that earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shut up for heaven for 400 years. But you ought to be real glad that you're living to hear the silence. Because mm -hmm. I could take all y'all up. Just bring down I hell. could destroy you, but I love you. Too much, too much. I could rain down hellfire. Uh huh. It's oh, happened I could before. Fix this real quick. Oh yeah, I could flood you. But I'm gonna let generation after generation after generation after generation go without a word from me. You know, where I could have destroyed you, but I'll didn't. just keep quiet. That's grace and I'll mercy. Just keep quiet. That's that oh, mercy. Oh, yes, That's it that is. That's mercy right there, Jack. Verse 7 says, Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees. They've always been insolent. They've always been uh, 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 a sore in his sight. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ever since the days of your ancestors, hang on one second. Hey. I'm recording. Shh. You know what's cool about those headsets? Excuse us, everybody in our audience. We're gonna keep this running. Yeah. We, ain't, we ain't even gonna edit it out. That's just just how yeah, we, that's how that's we roll. My grandbaby's playing. You know you can't. And I love them. You can't hear the the background sound. That's the beauty of those headsets. You got. Oh, you can't hear it. Good. Nah. I was wondering if you could hear it, nah, but it's can't. just the laughter and the playing of yeah. my grandbabies. Yeah. They love me and I love them, yeah. so I don't. I don't even mind. You know what? That's why we keep it rolling. We just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling, okay? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's about the information. It, yes. Uh, okay. It says, uh, "Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Mm -hmm. Now return to me, and I will return to you." Mm -hmm says the Lord of heaven's arm. Mm -hmm. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? <laughs> <laughs> Verse that's, eight. That's the cynical nature of the, yeah. the doubter. The <laughs> reprobate mind, yeah. the narcissistic <laughs> attitude. Yeah, a, I ain't done nothing <laughs> to you. Why are you coming down on me? That's You're episode, always picking on me. Episode three and four of season one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Verse 8. Mm -hmm. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. When did we ever cheat you? Oh, yeah. Denial is the best is the best coping mechanism for guilt. 
Yes. Now, this is the part where churches will use this just before, some churches will use this just before tithes and offerings, mm-hmm. showing that God will truly bless our tithes and offerings. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that he doesn't. But when you think about this being used for offering, think about where it came from. Oh, what you're about to read. Yeah. yeah what you're about what to I'm read. about to read, mm-hmm. they do take this verse out. But look what they're taking it out they're of. They're taking it out they're of context. Taking, they're taking it out of context when they separate they it and isolate are. it. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. You're taking the one verse, but what came before it? And I mean chapters before it. What was Malachi doing? He was giving a message to a very dark world, he, a sinful nation, yeah, was, pleading with them to repent of their sins and come back in before essence, something really happened to them. Right. In essence, you know? he was holding up a mirror to society. And it was ugly. Well, here's your reflection. That reflection was ugly. Here's your reflection. Yeah. Look at yourself in this mirror. And so ugly that God, oh, I hate to say this, but let's just say it metaphorically. Mm-hmm. God shut up heaven, had nothing else to say for 400 years, as if, now we know he doesn't, mm-hmm. but as if, okay, have it your way, and turn his back but, on his and, people if, whom he loves and said, do what you're going to do. But if you if you examine this and compare it to the parable of the prodigal son, yeah, it measures up. I'm going to let you it go does. on your way. Yeah. Go do what you're going to do. And then I'm going to reel you back in and call you home to me. I'll be here mm-hmm. when you return. Yeah, that's what makes these mm-hmm. parables and these stories in the New Testament so uh, real and relevant. Yeah. They get set up right here in, you know, in, in conventional Bible study. I'm not saying that we're unconventional, we're bypass or we surpass convention, but when you, you don't go into studying the word, you don't have mm-hmm. the true context of what is being read and what to, what you need to understand. So you right. you see the meaning of all these, and you'll see that as we go further into the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. Right. You see all this stuff; it'll be reflected back, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. And that that's why we can't compress. Uh, our episodes into a certain amount of time. And it's, it's going to take as much of time as it's going to take. That's right. And we're not going to cut it up and break them up into sections and part one and part. No, we're just going to let it roll. Let it roll. And then you can come back to it as a listener and pick up to it where you left it off. Amen. You know, because I, you don't want to lose the flow. And you're the producer, and you got the button. So if you're going to just let me run, I'm going I'm to run for the Lord. I'm your Can audience. I run for the Lord? Run. I'm your, we're your audience now, Lord. So we're just going to run yeah. with it. Run with it. Go. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to go back because this is where the churches will do their tithe and offering. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But I do want to point out that they're, they're, they're pulling it from an area and a time and a place where the people were in a very dark place and offerings were not being accepted by God. Okay. But see, look, you you, see? you're not, and, you're not saying that it'll say that for itself because we're right back at that same place. Here we are. Go. Should God, people cheat God? Mm-hmm. Yet you have cheated me. 
But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Verse 10 is where they typically pick up. Bring all the tithes into the storehouses so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do so, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great. You won't even have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease or from the devourer. Uh, your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Yeah, and they separate that. From a chastisement. It's right. taken out. No, that's because they want to uh, grease you up psychologically so that you'll give. Yes. A lot, uh, I, I would say, uh, a lot of the motivation behind this is that greasy. But see, givers, I've always been a giver. Mm -hmm. I've always tithed. I've always given offerings because I needed to. Feel good. I had to. I was in such poverty, Raw, mm -hmm. that I needed every blessing I could get from God. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm that's saying? That's spiritual. People sometimes tell me, I can't afford to die. That's you spiritual. can't afford not to. That's spiritual poverty. <laughs> you can't afford not to. I believe in the tithe. I believed in the offerings and still do today. Okay, but I'm just talking about this particular verses that they're taking out of a chapter in which Israel has been very disobedient in their actions, in their lives. And at this particular point in time, their offerings mean nothing to the Lord. He's telling them, shut down the temple, close the door. Mm -hmm. I don't even want you to have a place to come in with your offerings. Mm -hmm. I want them. Mm -hmm. I don't want them. I don't want them. I would prefer you shut down my house than bring me the mess that you're bringing me in. You priest, I'll throw in your face the manure that you're trying to feed me, that you're trying to put on top of my altar, mm -hmm. and I'll curse your children. And since now you, you got a God that's upset right. with his people mm -hmm. and upset and not accepting their offerings right. since because they won't, their attitude is so bad right. toward him. Right. And since they won't close the door, well, I just turn my back on the whole mess, God says. So you won't hear nothing from me for a while? Mm -mm. Check this silence out because it's about to get real quiet up in here. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Verse 13, you have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. 
For those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. Sixteen. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. They will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who don't. So apparently this nation had got to a place where they can't tell righteousness from unrighteousness. Blind. They blind. Blind, blind with pride, blind with uh, uh, sin. Okay, this is the last chapter in Malachi, the last word coming from heaven between the Old Testament and New Testament. The last word for 400 years yeah, of silence. That's a long time. The Lord of heaven army says the day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's army. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant. All the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for all Israel. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with the curse. Mm. Now, I got study guide on that. Mm. That's it. Mm-mm. That's the last word he spoke. No, the last word. We don't want that. We don't need that curse. It's unproductive. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But watch this. <clears throat> Malachi gives us practical guidelines about commitment to God. Mm-hmm. God deserves the best we have to offer. Mm-hmm. We must be willing to change our wrong ways of living. Mm-hmm. We should make our family a lifelong priority. We should be sensitive to God's refining process in our lives. We should tithe our income. There is no room for pride. Mm-hmm. Malachi closes his message by pointing to the, that great final day of judgment. For those who are committed to God, judgment day will be a day of joy mm-hmm. because it will usher in eternity in God's presence. Presence. Those who have ignored God will be straw to be burnt up. To help people prepare for that day of judgment, God would send a prophet like Elijah. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says out of his own mouth that, in fact, Elijah does come to John the Baptist. Right. You see? Right. And so today, there are peoples still waiting. 
but not accepting Jesus as the Messiah, saying to themselves, Elijah must come before uh, the Messiah. But Jesus says in his own, it's in red, out of his own mouth. He, in fact, has come. He came in the spirit of John the Baptist. But see, y'all were so silly. You cut his full head off before you asked him who he was. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> okay. He wasn't the prophet Elijah, but he was the spirit of Elijah that Malachi's talking about right here. And he said, yeah, he dressed funny. And he ate a little funny kind of diet, mm-hmm. okay? But, and he lived out in the wilderness, so, okay, he wasn't quite what you were expecting. Right. But he did say, repent of your sins, right. for the kingdom of heaven is yeah. near. And all that other There's stuff. Con. All that other huh? stuff was exterior observation. Yes. Look at his insights, his, his purpose. Yes. He declared. I'm baptizing you with water, but there's one greater than me. He's coming and he's here and I'm about to baptize this man and I'm not even worthy to baptize him. I'm not even worthy to uh, tie his sandals, but he's going to baptize you with fire and And, with spirit. Inspiration. Yes. So the time of the Messiah. Is what John was saying. He's here, he's here, he's here, he's here. You better repent. You better get it together. Come, get in this water. Wash yourself of these mm-hmm. sins. Repent. Mm-hmm. Turn from them. Turn to God. Wow. So let me, let me finish this study because I, I got excited there. Uh, he said, to help people prepare for the day of judgment, God would send a prophet like Elijah, John the Baptist, who would prepare, prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah. The New Testament begins with this prophet calling the people to turn from their sins to God. Such a commitment to God demands great sacrifice on our part, but we can be sure it will be worth it. Mm-hmm. It'll be worth it all in the end. Amen. Praise him. Thank you, Jesus. So now, because of their refusal to listen to this last prophet, we're going to enter several periods of this 400-year period of silence from heaven. Okay? And uh, uh, I'm going to start bringing in this dark for a hundred years. So that's what, 40, right. 40 generations of generations is every 10 years? Uh, generation is like, for if my dad were living and I'm alive and my son's alive and my grandchildren are alive, we're looking at four generations in my family. So it takes 20 years for people to, re- to procreate. Oh! You, you can't really put a year on it because when do people die? Some die in their teens in the middle of the street, you know, flying a color at 13, 12, 11. Some die at 40, some die at 30, some die at 50. A normal life. Well, the Bible says a blessed life yeah. is 70. Yeah, but most people have, have children in their 20s. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have them in their teens, but for the majority yeah. of people— Get married in their twenties and stuff. But, uh, so I would say, 
let's say that it's 50 years during this time period. And we know Jesus' dad died young. So getting to 50 years, it was probably quite difficult during Roman occupation and all these other occupations. But let's say they could get to 50. That means eight generations came and died without hearing a word from God. The heavens were shut up. They were silent. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's say they lived to 70 like we do. Then six generations came and gone. If they only lived at 20s, 30s, and 40s, then many generations. It's hard, hard to count those generations, but we know this. 400 years is a mighty long time. Yeah, you figure what. Not you to hear from God. 30, 30, 40 years old was old back then. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good estimation for our life expectancy in that time. It was very violent. They didn't have LAPD. (laughs) They didn't have antibiotics. Yeah, that's right. You could die of you could die of a very simple disease that today you could just take a couple of pills and call your doctor in the morning. You'll be fine. You know. The interlude in our English Bible is scarcely noticeable. A simple turn of the page and you leave behind the Old Testament to enter the New Testament. If you're reading the Bible chronologically like a story, you find that the first chapter of Matthew reacquaints you with the characters you've already come to know and admire. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, and more. Yet a new character. Indeed, a person who will claim to be the main character of the entire Bible is now introduced. Jesus Christ. You will also notice that the world in which Jesus travels bears little resemblance to the one left behind in Malachi. The eastern empires of the Israelites' captivity, Babylon, Assyria, and Persia, no longer dominate the region. Instead, a new power has risen in the west the Empire of Rome. Its boundaries extend from the Mediterranean to North Africa and even Europe. Its ruler in Palestine, a cruel and self-serving king named Herod, sits enthroned over the Jews. You will recall that the northern kingdom of Israel had been taken into captivity by Assyria. And then the southern kingdom of Judah later went into captivity in Babylon. All of this occurred because the people had sinned and refused to remain faithful to God. Mm -hmm. The prophets had warned the people over and over, but they refused to listen. Mm -hmm. They refused to believe. Mm -hmm. In Malachi, the Israelites had recently returned to Judah and their capital city from Babylon, from Babylonian captivity, and rebuilt the temple, their center of worship. Under the guidance of priests and prophets, the community's leaders, since ancient times, they had sought to repopulate the land, drive out their enemies, and learn again how to worship God in the way he desired. Sincerely. In Matthew, huh? 
Huh? Sincerely. Go ahead, Rob. In a sincere, sincerely. loving nature. Yeah, and a, a, yeah. filled with gratitude, sincere gratitude. I think they learned from their history that this half-hearted effort doesn't please God. Mm-mm. It's either 100% him, his, mm-hmm. or nothing. Mm-mm. God won't accept less. Mm-hmm. And so to come faking, you didn't last long. No. Not with God. No. You know? Yep. In Matthew, however, the Jews are settled and secure under the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. They no longer worship in the temple alone, but also in dozens of synagogues scattered throughout the country's towns and villages. Priests continue to provide leadership, but the people now look to a new array of religious authorities as well, including Pharisees, Sadducees, and teachers of religious law, also known as scribes. Over all these authorities sits a governing body called the High Council, or Sanhedrin, which functions something like a religious supreme court. Most noticeable, perhaps, is the lack of prophets. Whereas Malachi had followed a succession of prophets going back hundreds of years, not a single divine spokesperson appeared before the nation during the years between the Old and New Testaments. Anyone who claimed to be a prophet was proven to be an imposter. For more than 400 years, the heavens seemed closed to the nation of Israel. They heard nothing Not a word. from God. Not nothing. one word. Nothing but silence. Eddie, then, Eddie. Yes. You hear that? That's silence. That's silence. <laughs> That's what silence sounds like. And in our relationships, how does silence affect our relationship? Ooh, it's it's profounding. Let's pick a husband and wife. If they're not communicating, if they're not talking. Is that relationship whole? Well, it's absent from communication. If you won't communicate with your friends, family, verbally, children, mm-hmm. loved ones, if there's no communication, do you really even have a relationship? Mm. It's void. It is. Or at least we could call it intensely strained. Where's Uncle Bobby? I ain't heard from Uncle Bobby in three years. Well, he in prison? I don't know, girl. I ain't talked to that boy. He don't call, and I ain't worried about him. Last thing he said to me was not nice, and I don't care if he called or not. So technically, although he may be in the family, there's no relationship. Relationship takes time. Mm. It takes love. Mm-hmm. It takes mercy. Mercy. Mm-hmm. It takes grace. It takes forgiveness. It takes patience. Mm-hmm. And it takes love. It's called cultivation. Yeah. All that is cultivating. You're cultivating your crops. You're weeding. You're fertilizing. Yeah. You're watering. You're paying attention to or bringing attention to the yeah. elements that make a relationship whole. And that's what we're advocating for you to have a relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship. I mean, we all have a walk right. and that's your walk. 
And thank God, Rob. Thank God we have his word today. Because even if our relationship with him is with our Lord is strange, Mm -hmm. maybe we had a good relationship at one time, but have strayed away. We always had this word. He can, if we'll open our hearts, always speak to us mm-hmm. through his word. Now, I like talking to him every morning. Mm-hmm. I like talking to him all day long when I'm at work. I love talking to him during a good movie or a cup of coffee mm-hmm. or with a friend. Especially those who call and just say, hey, I need a word from the Lord. What should I do? And you got and you have the foresight. Because he's trained yeah. you to take him on a journey in yeah. the word. And that's a good thing. Relationship with God is the greatest thing in my life. Mm-hmm. It's not the house. It's not the cars. It's not the bank account. It's not the bed I sleep on or the chair I sit mm-hmm. in that or relationship. the TV I watch. The relationship gives, you, relationship. It gives you all that. Those are the fruits of right. your relationship. Right. That's the produce of your relationship. If I lost the house, the cars, the bank accounts, the chair, the bed, so what? I still got the relationship. Yeah, dude. I went over a cliff and lost everything I thought. You sure did. (laughs) In a vehicle. Mm -hmm. I went over a cliff in a vehicle and thought I was losing everything if I let go. And he said, let go and trust me. And I did. And look at you now. Thank you, Jesus. Look at you now. Blessed beyond belief. Wow, I'm so happy. Well, if you hung on, let's say you hung on. I would have died or been been maimed and hurt. That's right. That's right. So when he said, let go, it might have been the worst word you'd ever want to hear. (laughs) Let go of everything I have. (laughs) Let go of everything (laughs) I worked for. I just put $2,500 in the new engine and let go. He said, let go of that and trust me. And clearly, and clearly trusting him was more valuable than all the stuff I was letting go of. You wouldn't be here on this podcast producing this show today had you not let go. Wow. Look how he's using you today. Look at the lives that you've affected. Look at the work that you've done for his kingdom that had you not let go, you might not have been able to do. Mm. Yeah. And this is where Israel is as a nation. They could let all that go, but they don't want to. You see what I'm saying? They want to do it their way. He's saying let go. Let's see. He's saying let go. Let go of that sinful lifestyle. Let go of those false idols, those false gods. Let go of that thieving and lying and cheating and stealing. Mm Mm-hmm. Come back to me. Come I haven't left you. You no. left me. Come back to me. I'm here. I ain't got no hard feelings. Come back to me. Well, watch what they're about to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended that with, uh, let me just read that last sentence. He said, anyone who claimed to be a prophet was proven to be an imposter. For more than 400 years, the heavens seemed closed to the nation of Israel. They heard nothing from God. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah, but they went through a period of occupations and, and tribulations. I, oh, heck yeah, they finna catch it now. Wow. Now, this is yeah. the history of the people. 
the 400 years, in that time we're span. about to see what they go through mm-hmm. for 400 years because they refused to have that loving and personal relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Then one ordinary night in the tiny village of Bethlehem, Jesus was born. With his first cry, God's voice once again graced the land. For Jews with ears to hear and eyes to see, it became clear throughout Jesus' life that he was the Son of God, the Savior for whom they had been waiting. God had used the years of silence to prepare the perfect time and place for Jesus' arrival. During the years between the Testaments, years of war and upheaval, flawed heroes and unfulfilled hopes, God had set the stage for the final era of salvation history, Mm -hmm. an era of good news for Jews and Gentiles alike. So the first period they go through after Malachi is called the Persian period. It's from 539 to 336 B.C. In the very first year of his reign, Cyrus, the king of Persia, had freed the Israelites from their captivity and encouraged them to return to their homeland. You can read about that in Ezra chapter 1. His successor, King Darius, continued Persia's pro-Israel policy, even threatening with capital punishment, those who hindered the Israelites from rebuilding their temple and resettling their land. That's God giving you mercy, giving you a second chance after you've been in captivity. Yes. Mm -hmm. The Jews dwelt in relative peace. However, several key developments began to reshape their practice of religion. Likely, As a result of their many years in exile, the Jews began to worship in local synagogues spread throughout the Persian Empire. They continued this new practice in their own land, even after the temple was rebuilt. Although priests served in the temple and performed the required sacrifices, worship in the synagogues centered on the study of the law and Teachers of religious law became the influential preservers and interpreters of the law. People with questions about God became more likely to turn to a teacher of the law than a priest. During this time, the Israelites also came into religious conflict with the Samaritans. Descendants of Israelites who had been left behind during the Babylonian exile. The Samaritans had intermarried with Babylonians, Syrians, and others. As a result, their worship grew syncretistic, incorporating elements of pagan religious religions with worship of Yahweh, the God of Israel. So now we're going to mix things up. Amen. <laughs> and that was a direct result of your mixing with people and their other customs. And that's why the Lord asked that you stay with your people. Mm-hmm. Don't intermarry 
with these other peoples because they worship false idols. They're doing this. They're doing yeah. that. And I don't want that yeah. to be a, a part of your life. Not because they're light skinned or dark skinned, but because they're they're not worshiping and acknowledging me as a God. That's right. That's what God is saying. Watch this. The Jewish people made this Samaritan. It was them sneaking over the border at night, wearing their uh, little towels around their waist and uh, running in with uh, these women that were Assyrians that, that, that created that happens, this Samaritan. That happens when you create a prohibition and you tell a person they can't have something. Not to. Yeah. Right. You create a prohibition. Have you seen them Assyrian women? They yeah. tried. Yeah. Shoot. Anytime I'm going to go get some of anytime that. Anytime you create a prohibition, you create an interest as to why. Well, why can't I have that? But you God see is, their long, beautiful hair. God gave their you beautiful the legs, explanation. Long legs. He gave you the explanation as to why, because mm-hmm. they don't acknowledge me. Nope. It was that lust in their hearts, what? and the fact that they were told not to, as you have stated. Mm-hmm. It seems like disobedience is just in our they DNA want as these a women. Mm-hmm. Disobed- and who knew? Mm-hmm. Maybe these women had an exceptional lure on these Jewish men. Of course they did. That they just God created mm-hmm. them too. Oh yeah, and you what have to, he creates see, is beautiful. Okay, you, but you got to go to God to get yep. instructions on how to deal with it. Yep, and, and he'd already spoke on that. Instead of acting on your own. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. While the Jews rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem, the Samaritans built a rival temple in the north. The ensuing religious and ethnic strife between Jews and Samaritans proved to be long-lasting, which made it all the more amazing when Jesus later took the time to speak to an adulterous Samaritan woman. The woman at the well. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to enter... The Hellenistic period, which goes from 336 to 165 in this 400 years of silence, B.C., okay? These are these periods of occupation. Mm -hmm. With the fall of Persia to Alexander the Great, Mm -hmm. the age of the great Eastern empires ended. Western might came to dominate the Mediterranean and Middle East. Indeed, the Greek Empire became the largest the world had ever seen, extending even into Western India. Although Alexander the Great died young amidst suspicious circumstances, his empire continued under the rule of his generals, who split it into four sections. But Ptolemy Soter claimed both Egypt and Israel. Politically, little change for the Jews under Greek and Ptolemaic rule. They continued to live and worship under the authority of a distant and foreign ruler, much as they had for generations. Culturally, however, they became more and more influenced by Greek, the Hellenistic civilization. Alexander's strategy for preserving his empire had been to unite the device subjugated peoples around a common culture. The Ptolemaic dynasty 
carried out this policy with vigor, promoting Greek language and thought by all possible means. Thousands of Jews were forcibly resettled in Alexandria, which we know was in northern Africa. It's funny. Although it's, G- it's funny. Uh, you see the irony? Moses leads them out of Egypt. Yeah, yeah. And God leads them back into Egypt. Right. Because of their disobedience. Right. Their betrayal right. of their promise in this covenant. If you will do this, God said, I will do this. If you will do this, I will do this. Cause and effect. I will bless you coming in. I will bless you coming out. I'll bless you in the country. I'll bless you in the state. Mm-hmm. But if you refuse and you want to be disobedient, disobedient to me, I will curse you in the country. I will curse you in the city. And it's like, wow, you have God on your side. Yet throughout your history, your entire history, you fight against God. That's that cause and effect, man. Mm, 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 mm. That cause and effect. Although Jews both at home and abroad resisted adapting to Greek religion, They couldn't escape all aspects of Hellenistic influence. They soon began to speak Greek, the trade language of the empire. Their worship came to reflect a Greek preference for aesthetics over content. More significantly, a group of Jewish scholars Mm -hmm. during this time translated the Old Testament from its original Hebrew into Greek. Called the Septuagint, this Greek translation came to be widely used by Jews everywhere. Jesus himself later quoted from the Septuagint, as did many New Testament authors. In 198 B.C., the Syrian section of the empire overthrew the Egyptian section. For the first time, Israel came under the rule of a leader who tried to stamp out Judaism completely. Wow. Antichrist Epiphanes desecrated the temple, forbade sacrifices to Yahweh, outlawed circumcision, forced Jews to eat pork, and canceled Sabbaths as feast days. Some Jews attempted to conciliate Antichrist and cooperate with his demands. Others resisted. These two groups were known as the Hellenists and the Hasidim, pious ones, forerunners of the Pharisees. Also a group. Huh? All this came about because they were disobedient. Okay, you want to be disobedient? Then I'll just turn you over to your enemies. And do you think at that time they were praying for a word from heaven? They were praying, Lord, what have we gotten ourselves <laughs> into? Law. Basically, basically, yeah. I mean, Law, yeah, you realize, it. what have I done? Yeah, yeah. Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I promise. I will never, ever do this again. It was what Laurel, okay. Hardy, Laurel and Hardy said. Well, Ollie, this is another fine mess you've gotten us in. But guess what? What? They said that prayer. That prayer. They burned a bull on some makeshift altar. 
trying to hear a word from heaven. Lord, these Greeks are too much. Lord, these folks is too much. Lord, help me. Nothing. Or maybe it was a thought that changed his mind. Nothing but silence. 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 Also, a group loyal to the high priest emerged, the precursors to the Sadducees. The conflict in Israel finally reached a boiling point when an elderly priest named Matthias refused to offer a required pagan sacrifice. Matthias killed a Syrian officer and a reprobate Jew, fled to the hills, and called faithful Jews everywhere to join him in rebellion. Mm. During the ensuing guerrilla war, Matthias's son, Judas Maccabeus, eventually overcame the Syrians and achieved independence for Israel. Its last period of self-rule until the emergence of the modern state of Israel in 1948. So now we're going to enter the Maccabean period. I was telling you my sister who practiced Judaism. It appears to Jews that these are their heroes, the Maccabees. You know what I'm saying? They were the ones that practiced guerrilla warfare and freed Israel for a time period. Let's see what uh, this study guide has to say about this. It lasted from 165 to 63 B.C. So about 100 years. Mm. However, independence proved to be both short-lived and disastrous. As the political dynasty of the Maccabees, also called the Hasmoneans, assumed both the throne and the office of the high priest, the nation became, became beset by infighting. Boy, I tell you, put two brothers in a room and they go end up fighting, right? Mm -hmm. And this nation now, freed, turns upon itself, mm -hmm. eats its young. Because they're, not, you know being, they're not They're not. being obedient. Trying to live without God. Yeah, trying to live without God. The Sadducees supported Hasmonean rulers as both kings and priests, whereas the Pharisees insisted that a true king could only be a descendant of David and a priest could only be a descendant of Aaron. Now, that's funny. In this period, you want to bring this up. But you haven't had priests from the line of, of Aaron for how long? And even when Jesus came on the scene, you still don't have priests from Aaron. But you don't like what the, the, the uh, Maccabees are doing. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you're going to say how it ought to be, but you ain't done nothing right in centuries. Mm -hmm. And you even allowed blind and disgusting and crippled and stolen sacrifices to be put on God's throne, which sent you into this 400 right. years see, of silence. But see, when folks are doing wrong, they don't want to acknowledge what they're doing wrong. And if you ain't with us, you against us. Yep. That's how they yep. justify it within their conscience. Yep. So now they want to go back to the world. Mm -hmm. oh, we can't have a king unless he comes from the line of David. And we can't have a king, a priest, unless he comes under the line, uh, 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 is a descendant of Aaron. But you all been living like heathens. 
But okay. That, that's like taking you back to Samuel. Well, we want we want a handsome young king. Yeah. We don't yeah. want to be listening to old men no more. We want to be led by a young, handsome one. Uh-huh. And God said, well, this person is going to subjugate you, and you, yep. you're going to hand over your sons and daughters and your personal wealth. We don't care. Yep. That's what we want. And they, That's God, what we gr- want. God granted them what they wanted, and then they didn't yep. like it. Yep. Well, they didn't like it with God was their king, but they should have because you ain't going to get a better king. You're not going to get a more loving king. You're not going to get a more caring king. But you know what? You're not going to get a more graceful see, people, or merciful king. You know, well, but people think that the new thing, that something new yeah. is something better, yeah. and it's not. Yeah. And then if you look at right. you look at the historical fact of new things it is when it— uh, comes down to industry or a new device, you're going to end up paying more for less. Yeah. Because when yeah. you're paying for something, the person who's selling it ain't trying to give you more for less money. They're trying to give you less for more money. And then that extra add-on or that plug-in they want you to buy or that upgrade they want you to spend more money on. Absolutely. Oh, and don't forget the taxes. And the taxes and the license <laughs> fee. And, you yeah, know, yeah, I mean, yeah. we're going to keep, we got keep them coming back. See, that's why there's no cure. There's only treatment. Right. Because you got to keep them coming back for the treatment. If you cure them, then there's, they there's, there's no, they're not coming back. You ain't even right. looking at, well, what about if there's somebody new? Well, we'll treat them too. We don't want to cure them. Right. Exactly. The founder of the Essenes, the community which preserved for posterity the Dead Sea Scrolls, may have also founded his Cumran community around this time in reaction against the Hasmoneans. Hasmoneans. As successive rulers became more and more unpopular, for example, Alexander Janaeus was pelted by Jews at a festival when he attempted to perform his priestly duties. He responded by massacring 6,000 of them. The country became increasingly unstable. Israelite factions turned to mercenaries and outside nations for support. By the time the growing Roman Empire turned its attention toward Israel, the nation was able to offer little resistance. So they turned everybody but God. They couldn't find God. They couldn't hear from God during this 400-year period. So now they're going to turn to other nations for help. Right. Mercenaries. We'll pay you to defend us. Yeah. You know what and I mean? that all is a byproduct for them not wanting to listen to God. You know, there's a, a saying yeah. my father used to say, a hard head creates a soft behind. There it is. And when your father got quiet, didn't you know it was coming? Oh, it came. <laughs> and, yeah. he, and he brought it. It came and he, he brought, brought it. it. He came and he yeah. brought it. That's when you know. You know, yep. it's, it's like when children are quiet, you know, they up to no good. Do you know they up to no good? Where the cheering yep. at, Eddie? Where the cheering at? 
Oh, yeah. They Mine were? is up there playing. I can hear them out there screaming, <laughs> laughing, and pounding the floor. Thank, thank God it's not coming through the mic, but I, they're alive, and they will. Cause yeah. you, can, you can tell with that question that I wasn't hearing them, yeah. which is good. Right, right, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I hear my baby. Israelite factions turned to mercenaries and outside nations for support. By the time the growing Roman Empire turned its attention toward Israel, the nation was able to offer little resistance. In 63 BC, Pompey sacked Jerusalem. Soon the Jews were once again under the command of a foreign ruler, in this case, and an Idumean named Antipater, who had been installed by Rome. Mm -hmm. Antipater's son, Herod the Great, followed him as king of the Jews. And it was under his rule that Jesus was born mm -hmm. and that all Jewish boys in Bethlehem under the age of two were killed. Mm -hmm. Now, we're into our last one before we go into the New Testament. This is the Roman period, which okay, you said, went from 63 B.C. to A.D. 135. Right. Now, in reference to Pompey, Pompey yes. was sent to defeat the Jews and subjugate them to an occupation. And yeah. Pompey was destroyed by Mount Vesuvius, the volcano. Oh, come on now. Break this history okay. down. See, so uh -huh. you, you're getting the word and you're getting history because it's all relevant and it ties itself together with the human experience. Got it. See, so Got God it. God used the used, used the Pompeians uh -huh. to, to to ascend the Jews into captivity. And then when he was through with the Pompeians, he destroyed Pompeii with Mount Vesuvius, the volcano. Praise God. Wow. Now, look at this. These Romans weren't no joke either. No. You talk about evil. Talk, when yeah. Paul and them were discussing Rome, <laughs> in their history, their worst nightmare was Babylon. Yeah. But now there was a there was one worse than Babylon, Yeah. and that was Rome. These people were... I mean, they were sick with this. Yeah, yeah. They would cut you in half with a saw while you're alive, and yeah. you would watch your gut spill out and your legs fall off the table. Wait a minute. They would light Come this. On. They use humans as street lights, as torches. They sure did. Okay. <laughs> they were Wrapped in oil cloths, <laughs> lit on fire, alive, screaming to their death, on fire, the light of Rose Garden? Come on now. They had another way of cutting you in half, too. They would hang you from a pole with your legs spread apart and your hands tied. And they would take a two-man saw and cut you from your genitals all the way to your skull. And you're alive feeling this torture. My God, my God. What have we got on our uh, in our pocket now, boy? So the Roman period from 63 uh, B.C. to 135 A.D. Uh, in this study guide starts off with, finally, God's silence ended. As Matthew opens his gospel, the Jews are now unwilling subjects 
of the Roman Empire. <laughs> they are allowed freedom to worship and limited authority in overseeing their own affairs. That's God giving you mercy. Yes. In your subjugation. They long for more. They read the prophecies of the Old Testament and watched expectantly for the promised Messiah. They dream all, they dream about the day that Israel will once again be the powerful nation it was under King David. They worship under the guidance of the high priest, dispute religious matters in the high council, struggle to survive under Rome, and all the while await the coming Savior. Yet they expect a warrior, not the baby lying in the manger that God's angels announce. And heaven will never, I'm sorry, and Jesus will never live up to their expectations. Both the main religious factions will disapprove of him. The Pharisees are the legalists of the day. They devote themselves to the law of Moses and apply it strictly to everyday life. They believe in the supernatural, angels, and the resurrection. They take their religious traditions seriously, so they cannot accept Jesus' disregard for their rules and his claim to forgive sins. The Sadducees are the rationalists of the day. They are skeptical toward religion. Although they believe in a literal interpretation of Moses' law, they do not have it. To, they do not allow it to have much impact on their everyday lives. They deny the supernatural and the resurrection. They focus on temporal political concerns. They see Jesus primarily as a threat, a rebel rouser yeah. who may catch the attention of Rome mm -hmm. and thus imperil the nation. In the end, these factions come to agree on one point at least. Mm that Jesus must be killed. Yeah. They work together in the high council to sentence him. They stir up crowds and pressure the Roman authorities to have Jesus crucified. They succeed. Yet in the end, it was God's plan that ultimately succeeded. His suffering servant lived and died as the payment for sin, and he rose again as the hope of the world. Wow. Looking back on the years between the Old and New Testament, it is clear that God brought about the perfect political and religious setting for the work of his son. Instigated by the Jewish religious factions, the Romans put Jesus to death. The power and highway system of Rome allowed the message of his resurrection to spread. And through the writing of the New Testament, the Greek language proclaimed the gospel in her tongue nearly everyone could understand. Right. As Paul wrote in Galatians 4 and 4, when the right time came, God sent his son. Turn the page. Mm -hmm. The New Testament tells the story. And here we are today with that story. And here we are in Matthew. <laughs> yeah, so many yeah. thousands of years later, the story yeah. has transcended ages and dynasties and governments yeah. and, and periods yeah. in history. And here we are with it. So, um, wow, we haven't got to a point, that point where it's leave these men alone. We're going to get to that, everybody. 
Yeah. You'll yeah. remember that. But uh, if yeah. it's from yeah. God, uh, he said, what? If it's from God, you'll be fighting from God. You'll be fighting with God over this. Right. Leave right. these men alone. Leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they're not from God, it'll fade away on its own. Yeah. But if it's from, from God, God, you really? <laughs> it's gonna, you really want to go there? It's going to last. And it's, this mm-hmm. is from God because it's lasted through thousands of years. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this word. Mm-hmm. So the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, the testimony of Matthew, because mm-hmm. he knew Jesus. He ran with Jesus. Right. He was picked. He was picked. Jesus was the team picked. captain, and he was picked Chosen. by Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to pick yep. you. Yep. We're picking a team standing underneath the hoop on the court. I got you. I'll take Joe and I'll take him. Yeah, I'll take you. Jesus, pick Matthew. You say, you're going to take me because I'm an accountant? No, I already got somebody watching the treasury. Don't worry about that. I got you for another purpose. Because, watch (laughs) this, Matthew could write because he was a tax collector, so his writing skills were good. Little did he know at the time he was chosen that he would be using those Right. to write one of the most powerful books in this right. Bible. And his attention to detail as an accountant. Oh, that's right. That's right. There's purpose, man. Peter There's... called some fish today. Where's your, where's your taxes, Peter? You won't pay on that catch. God <laughs> does things for, for there's purpose bound in your decisions, Lord. That's right. There's, and it's... you know what? He was hated. Matthew was hated by the Jews. All tax collectors were. Because they hated paying. tax collector to make a living, not only did he have to collect the tax for Rome from the Jewish people, Mm -hmm. and they hated paying that tax. They hated paying. So they really hate the one they handed that tax over to. Yeah. They hated his booth, and they hated the stool he sat on. Okay, and the ground that he walked on to get to that booth to take their money, he would even charge them a little extra because he got to make a living. Rome ain't giving nothing back to the tax collector. You want to hate me, you're going to hate me because I'm going to surround myself with people that you just don't like. And nobody that Matthew hung with was reputable. They were all disreputable scum as far as the Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law. There's mention. Oh, you you are wretched people, you tax There's mention of it. We're going to get to mention of it as we we read on into the New Testament. The Pharisees, Mm -hmm. Sadducees, and Sudducees talk about that. Why are you hanging around? Why does, if he's righteous, why is he hanging around these people that we don't like? We're going to get to it. We're going to get to we'll it, get everybody. We're going to get to it. I promise we'll you get that. to it. So Matthew's purpose was to prove in this gospel that Jesus is the Messiah, the eternal king. Okay? Uh, he wrote especially to the Jews because they would know that Old Testament. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. And so I got a preface here I'd like to share. Sure. Not very long. As the motorcade slowly winds down through the city, thousands pack the sidewalks hoping to catch a glimpse. Marching bands with great fanfare announce the arrival, and protective agents scan the crowd and run alongside the limousine. Pomp, ceremony, Mm -hmm. protocol, Mm -hmm. modern symbols of position, 
and evidences of importance mm. herald the arrival of a head of state. Mm -hmm. Whether they are leaders by birth or election, we honor and respect them. The Jews waited for a leader who had been promised centuries before by prophets. They believed that this leader, the Messiah, which means anointed one, mm -hmm. would rescue them from their Roman oppressors and establish a new kingdom. As their king, he would rule the world with justice. Many Jews, however, overlooked prophecies that also spoke of this king as a suffering servant who would be rejected and killed. Mm -hmm. It is no wonder then that few recognize Jesus as the Messiah. How could this humble carpenter's son from Nazareth be their king? But Jesus was and is the king of all the earth. Yeah, but you know what? He didn't come in with a bunch of fanfare, but a, lot, sure of, but a lot of young children his age lost their life because he came because there was a fearful king, an insecure king, who sought it, made it his mission to to kill Jesus. Yes. And if you kill him as That's a child, right. he don't grow. He don't grow and he can't take the throne, he can he? No, but that's the feeble thought of humans. Or yeah. Insecure humans, non, non-God-fearing and God-guided humans, humans guided by their own selfishness and desires, you know. it's You just gave me a thought. Run with it. Okay, you brought it up earlier. God was their king, but they wanted a man to be their king, someone they could see like other nations right. have. Right. So God stepped aside and allowed them to have a man who they anointed King Saul. Mm -hmm. And boy, did they suffer under Saul. <laughs> However, here in the New Testament, mm -hmm. after 400 years of silence, God says, hmm, let me step back in as their king. Scoop these little men over, these little disobedient rascals, mm -hmm. and let me lead my nation into eternal life with me. Let me offer them salvation. Let me again rule in their hearts. Yeah, a chance. Let me give them a chance. And here again, they want to shove him aside, kill him, crucify him. Mm -hmm. You have no place in our life. We don't want you. Right. We don't need you. Right. We are fine without you on our own, right. not knowing that in their back packet, they've got a ticket. Mm -hmm. They got a ticket on the train. Mm -hmm. And then that the window on the front of that train under the destination heading, it says hellbound. They're on that train. They're on their way to hell. Jesus didn't go to that Christ for that cross for one righteous person Amazing. because there was not one on earth. Mm -mm. He came to save his people then, from a sure destruction. Right, right. But then the story wasn't for them who were close to him in proximity in that time frame. It was for us later on. Yeah. In our time, because the story has transcended and is with us today. And we live in an age where we're not persecuted or condemned for picking that story up and absorbing it. That's right. We're encouraged. We're to set do so. free. Right. We're washed clean. Yeah. Set free. Yeah. Made righteous. And I know how I live. 
right? There was nothing righteous about no. anything that I thought or did. I, I've, Yet I've known you for I'm over. Made righteous for, uh, yes, right. you have. I've known you for over thirty years of my life, and that's a yeah. It's a lot of life, and I. That's not, a lot of life. There's not much anybody can tell me about you that I don't know already. In thirty right. in thirty years, and I tell you, in, in the me. last seventeen years, uh, within the last five years, we we've, yeah. we've gone so far. Within the last year and a half, yeah, we've gone so far yeah. in this word. You know, yeah. in the last year, I mean, getting the Bible Study Guide podcast up and running with five episodes under our belt, and here we are with the second season in the first episode, and. This is right. like our double right. album. If we had albums and we were an artist yeah, producing yeah. albums, this is like right. our double album, y'all, for our That's episodes. Right. And we're going to kick off the second season with a double app, double album. Come on now. We're going to use this Come time because the time, the information requires that there's time being spent with it. Yes. Yes. Amen. Now, I'm going to start it in Matthew chapter one, but Matthew makes it a point to show that who Jesus was, it's a record of Jesus's ancestors. And that goes through verse 17. You guys can read that on your own. I'm going to go to 18 because I'm anxious to get to the first word spoken. And it appears after heaven's silence, I'm going to say it again. It appears after heaven's silence for 400 years, God allows an angel to speak that first word. Mm-hmm. It's not here in Matthew as, as much as it is in the other Gospels, but let's see how Matthew brings this in. In verse 18, he says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, Mm -hmm. she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man Mm -hmm. and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Mm -hmm. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph. Son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Amen. So we know that angels also went to Elizabeth and Zechariah and told them about John the Baptist, who would be born, the messenger in the wilderness. So heaven is speaking now. Yeah, heaven okay. is definitely speaking. And wait till oh, Mary yeah. goes to see her cousin Elizabeth, who is pregnant yeah. with John the Baptist, and see what happens. And action speaks louder than words. And not a word was spoken except, hey, Elizabeth, it's Mary. And uh, she walks in the room, and inside of Elizabeth's womb, Jesus didn't speak to John. John didn't speak to Jesus. But just the presence of yeah, God the two in women. Mary's yeah. belly. The, women, the two women. Her 
baby to jump. The two women were pregnant. The leap mm-hmm. in her womb. He started kicking. Okay, now, he started kicking. Oh, yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And action. <laughs> here yep. comes the light. Give me some bugs and honey. <laughs> and a road bait the camel hair. I'm fit to get bit. And the director says, action. <laughs> action. Okay. All of this, uh, verse 22, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And the prophet was Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. And she will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Us. Here comes God. He said, I ain't got to say too much. Let me back in. (laughs) Let me in the scene. Here I come. Uh I'm going to rescue my people in spite of themselves. You know, my love hasn't changed from them, even though they don't love me. I'm going to bring him back. Yep. I'm going to give him a reason to love yep. me. I'm going to die for him. I'm going to show him some mercy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Want me to keep going? Very good. We're going into chapter two of Matthew. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone. And the wise men said, oops, did we say something? Did we just uh, did we just let our mouth go ahead of us? They write a check that we can't cash? Oops. You mean now, y'all y'all didn't know? No, because they weren't listening to God. Right. So they didn't they didn't know, but oops, but they watch. didn't listen or take heed to the prophets who spoke. Right, right. So but watch how God fixes all of this. Y'all. Yes. Now, amazing, everyone in Jerusalem, including King Herod. It's deeply disturbed. Now, wait a minute. You've been waiting for this long, uh, uh, awaited, uh, prophesied Messiah for thousands of years. But now that you hear he is here mm-hmm. from this wise man, what you trouble for? <laughs> yeah. What's troubling you, dear? I'm about to lose something, and I don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. But if you you realize it, it wasn't yours to begin with. You've only been fooling yourself for so long to believe that it was. There it is. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem written by Micah, and you, old Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah, 
for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. That's what Michael Amen. wrote. Amen. Thank That's you, That's what he wrote. That's what he wrote. Uh-huh. And it's interesting that all that Matthew does, he just brings back from that Old Testament the prophecies that these prophets spoke to further uh, place in the hearts of God's people to uh, at that time that this is the prophecy. This is the anointed one. This is the Messiah. You see? Proof. Everything that was spoken here is. Watch out. He's here. What you going to do now? You know? Then Herod, verse 7, then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Well, if the star first appeared, then it wasn't there before. Amen. You, you figure? You figure? I mean, this is a special I mean, this star. Is, this is basic. If it wasn't, it, then the star appeared. And if it just appeared, then it wasn't there before. But if it was That's there, right. it was there and you couldn't see it. Yeah, hidden. Hidden from man's view. But now the Lord. God Almighty said, little star, will you shine for me? Because I need you to lead some men on earth from way over, over there, there. <laughs> there to way over here. Mm -hmm. And they must see you. Now, you know, I wrote that book, uh, Will You Shine for Me, about that little star. Mm -hmm. This little star huffed and puffed and tried to shine. They said, Lord said, no, I need you to shine brighter. They can't see you from where you are. Here, move across the heavens. Get a little closer. Now push with all your might and shine for me. I need you to shine. And doesn't he ask that of all of us? Shine for him. Not for ourselves, not for our groups, not for our gangs, not for our cities, not for the nations. Shine for him. Not for the stage, not for the money, not for the bankers, not for those who fit in the foreclothes on your house. Shine for God. Shine for God. With everything you are. Amen? So, uh, verse 8. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child. When you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Liar. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you we'll got to make that. it sound good. But they didn't believe what he yeah. said. No, they no, they knew said. better. They were wise men, as mm -hmm. we're about to find yeah, out. Wise. See, mm -hmm. Herod was dumb enough to not send a delegation with them. With them. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy, come on now. See, that's God limiting his perception, limiting Herod's right. perception of the situation. <laughs> that's right. So yeah. that his plan would come to pass. Right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 9. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. It went ahead of them. And stopped over the place where the child was. Mm -hmm. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down mm -hmm. and worshipped him. Mm -hmm. Then they opened their treasure chest 
and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm -hmm. I love that they bowed down. That's showing they reverence. They knew. They knew. In the this is God of in the flesh. Yeah, in presence of now, greatness. This is our creator. Mm -hmm. Now come in the flesh. Mm -hmm. But oh, the gifts. Let me take a knee. In the gifts. Oh, go the ahead. Gifts, the gifts. Go you ahead got, with the gifts. You got gold, right? Now, what, mm -hmm. what would a baby, what use would a baby have for gold? Well, you know. Come on. They're going to need the gold down. because... They're going to go on a trip to avoid Herod's, the wrath of Herod. Yes. And they need to finance that trip, don't they? They do. So God knew. They sure came God. in handy. Yeah, God knew. God knows everything. He knows everything, y'all. Yep. Gold was a gift for royalty. Frankincense was a gift for deity. So they recognized him as God. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And myrrh was a spice used to anoint a body for bur burial. How much, how wise were these wise men? They were way ahead of their time. Yeah, way ahead. And now you have a nation who fails to recognize. Yet these wise men came from a land so, 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 so far away. And yet they know who he is. Mm -hmm. The blind men. Son of David, we mm -hmm. want to see, mm -hmm. heal our blindness. Mm -hmm. They could see. The wise men could see. But yet this nation they still couldn't. refuses. They, see. See. they saw, but they refused to, to acknowledge. They saw it. They just refused to acknowledge it. Come on now. Yeah. Amen. Praise so, Thank you, Jesus. Uh, uh, After this, oh, let's see, I left off at verse uh, 12. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream mm -hmm. not to return to Herod. So these men were in touch with God. Mm -hmm. They were hearing from him. Mm -hmm. Amen. Oh, they could hear him loud and clear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After the first 13, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up! Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Didn't they need that gold, They Ron? needed that gold. Immediately, they needed that gold. They needed okay? that gold. That was that they Christ were there almost two years. That was a Christmas. That was a Christmas gift that came in handy. Oh yeah, Jesus gift. being the Christmas gift, gift yeah. given to the world. Mm -hmm. The wise men brought Joseph and Mary and Jesus a Christmas gift yeah. that would keep that baby alive. Those are called provisions. Out of touch. Provisions. Provisions. provisions Come on now. Provided to you by the provider. That's right. That's right. They didn't worship the gold. No. They worshiped the giver of, of the, the gold, gold, God himself. Yeah. Gold would have no value if God hadn't created it. Boom. Come on now. Okay. Verse 14. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary's mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet Hosea. I call my son. Capital S, mm -hmm. out of Egypt. Yep. Okay. Uh, verse 16, Herod was furious. 
when he realized that the white wise men had outwitted him. I've been duped. you think? (laughs) I've been duped. Why, those wise men, they better not ever come to this part of town again. Yeah, buddy. Don't worry, King Herod, they ain't coming. They ain't coming. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem. Mm. who were two years old and under, mm. based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Right. Herod's brutal act mm-hmm. fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. Right. Look at Matthew. What? He's just going through all the prophets. Yeah. He's breaking it down. down. Okay. You know, you know what's funny is in this instance of history, Herod represented birth control. For fear that someone was coming to replace him, he had all these children killed. Babies. Much like Pharaoh did in Moses' day. That's right. And what happened to Pharaoh? He became subjected to his own curse. And his son died. Yep. So, you know, when when you make a decision based on fear, you're not talking to God. And base it on faith. Base it on yeah. faith, and God is not talking to you. You're acting. You're acting on an emotion, fear. Right. You got. Right. You have to act in in a re, in a real fashion with rational decision making and rational counsel, and you get yeah. that by consulting with God spiritually. Oh, you preaching now, right? Having that conversation. That's why it's so important for us to develop the personal relationship with God and not and not be drawn to God by the traditions and customs of religion. No. No. Religion that won't do it for you. No, religion is a regulation of your faith. Right. And faith is something that you have and it's authentic to each and every one of us. We all have our own walk. You know, and the, the the thing that we have in common is we have a walk, but everybody's yeah. walk is is tailor made to fit them. Right. You know, I exactly. could I could fit I could fit Eddie's shoes, but they'd be big and sloppy. But Eddie yep. fitting in my shoes would be tight and uncomfortable. Right. Right. It's a personal relationship. Yeah, it's a tailorship. It's tailored. Yep. It's tailored to fit. It's tailored to fit you. But through your personal relationship, mm-hmm. those around you mm-hmm. can see that relationship. Oh, they're witnesses. They're true Jehovah. They're witnesses. They're true Jehovah witnesses, not the religion. Right. But in true, right. the true aspect of being a witness of God. I don't know how that boy got off them drugs. <laughs> I don't know how he stopped stealing. He don't go to jail no, no more. You know, no. he different. He how did changed. he get off that island? Right. How did he survive right. all those thieving, lying packs of people? And right. they came in waves at you. Oh, they came in came waves. Came in waves. They came in waves. And I was there, you know, to witness it. Yes, you were. From a distant but still connected and can say that your survival is attributed to the presence of God in your life. In your presence, yep. the presence of you God knew. in your life is based on your relationship to acknowledging God exists and you have a, a working, functional relationship with him. Yep. You know, I mean, to get to the Philippines, 
was a miracle from God. To mm-hmm. minister his word in the Philippines mm-hmm. was a miracle from God. To be able to speak to the troops mm-hmm. on the island of Guam. How how I'm going to pull that off? See? Okay? See? You can't even get on base, base. on a military mm-hmm. base but without see, a base. God said it's not, it's not you. It's, it's not me. I'm going to do this son, with die. you. Yeah, I'm going to do this with Get out of my way. Lean not to your own understanding. Lean not, that's Proverbs 3 and 5. Lean not to your own understanding, but trust God with your whole heart. You described what I went through in the VAP as waves. Mm -hmm. It's landlocked. Man, ain't got ocean. Yet wave after wave Wave. after wave Wave. crashed against my life and against that property. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As if it was a lighthouse on mm-hmm. the shore, man. I mean, that's a metaphor for everything he's but brought But isn't that picture on my wall? A yeah. 30-foot wave yeah. over the lighthouse, well, yet it stands. stands, and that's that's a testimony Not of you, Lord. Not on its own strength, yeah. Well, that's your presence in our life, Lord. You know, Lord, we acknowledge you in the present, and we ask you, to be with us and be an active participant in this conversation. And forgive me for not saying this at the onset of this, of this recording, you know, but it's, we prayed for it before we recorded. Yeah. It's, it's being said and it's being felt. Verse 18 says a cry was heard in Rama, man, weeping in great mourning. Mm -hmm. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. This was an atrocity performed by Herod. To try to imagine something like that happening today where a president or a nation's leader would order that all babies between the ages of two and under be destroyed. That's a genocide. They call it genocide in today's life and times. The word genocide hadn't been hadn't been invented yet. Yeah, it hadn't been yeah, it hadn't been constructed yet in during that time, but today that's what we call it is genocide. Yeah. Yeah. Verse nineteen when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Now look Repeatedly now, we have people in relationship with God and can hear his voice, can hear his messengers, can hear these angels, can hear these prophets. So now heaven has opened up again and communication and relationship is now available with our almighty God. He said, get up. Mm -hmm. He said, "Uh, uh, get up. Take the mother and his, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who are trying to kill the child are dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, He returned for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. Mm -hmm. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. Mm -hmm. He will be called a Nazarene. Mm -hmm. And that prophet, 
It doesn't say. Now, in the study guide, okay, uh, this prophecy, uh, uh, he will be called a Nazarene. So this would be 2 and 23. The Old Testament does not record this specific statement. He will be called a Nazarene. Many scholars believe, however, that Matthew is referring to Isaiah 11 and 1, where the Hebrew word for branch is similar to the word for Nazarene. Mm -hmm. Or he may have been referring to a prophecy unrecorded in the Bible. In any case, Matthew paints the picture of Jesus as the true Messiah announced by God through the prophets, and he makes the point that Jesus, the Messiah, had unexpectedly humble beginnings, just as the Old Testament had predicted. And for reference, you can read Micah 5 and 2. Mm -hmm. So that was the end of chapter 2. Chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. Oh, thank God we can hear from heaven. <laughs> His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. So look, heaven is again opened up and begins speaking to God's beloved people in this New Testament. Amen? Amen. But as we were discussing earlier when we were having coffee, this word was love. Mm -hmm. Love has entered the seed. Love has disintegrated the silence of 400 years and came into this world. Love is a shout. That's God's love. God's love. God's love. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, mm -hmm. clear the road for him. Mm -hmm. Verse 4 says, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts. And wild honey. Daddy can't get that at Fat Burger. People from Jerusalem and from all over Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him baptize, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Just don't say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yet every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Look at John. He's, um, he reminds me of Malachi. Malachi is warning him before the 400 years of silence. Uh, they after. ain't changed. After. They ain't changed. 
And John knows they haven't changed, okay? Because he's about 30 years old now. He done lived through their garbage, their mess. And he is, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites, you snakes. He's coming at them. You stand there in them pretty robes, but you ain't living this life. You ain't out walking this walk. Yeah, you quick to point out everybody else's sin, but look at you. Even now, the act of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yet every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Verse 11 goes on to say, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. That means, my brother Rod, repentance is twofold. Repentance is twofold. You have to repent of your sins, and that means to turn away from them. Stop it and be sincere and with it. You got to be God. sincere with it. It doesn't do you any good for your salvation to stop the sin without turning to God. Right. True repentance is repenting of the sin, turning away from it, and turning to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater than I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mm -hmm. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. So as we go into this Christmas season, amen, we've already received the greatest gift God could ever give mankind. Need I remind you? Yeah. That's why this That's why this this episode 2, I mean episode of 1 of the second season is so appropriate for the time we're in. I mean, this is Christmas. Yes. This is the gift. It is Christmas. And this is the acknowledgement of that gift and our show is produced with that theme in mind. Here he comes, the birth y'all. Of our Savior. Yeah. Peace on us. Yeah. Goodwill toward men, the angel said. They're looking at a baby, but they know him because they were up in heaven with him. Mm-hmm. They know. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. God himself in the flesh coming to save his people. Peace mm-hmm. on earth. Mm-hmm. Goodwill toward men. Mm-hmm. Because before he came on the scene, we were all destined to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Salvation mm-hmm. has entered the earthly realm. Amen. Amen. Once again, y'all, we want to thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity to share our faith in you with others. We thank you for those who listen and tune in. Lord, we want you to we ask you humbly to bless the reader, to bless the hearer, and be it that your will and your spirit be the interpreter of this word. This is Brother Roderick. And for Brother Reverend Eddie, say goodbye to you all. Until next time with the Bible Study Guide Podcast. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.